your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Uh, Luke chapter 14, we're going to start with verse 28, go to verse uh, 30. Hope your Christmas and holidays were wonderful. Mine were. I spent up time uh, at a social circle, which is right outside of Athens uh, with the in-laws and had a great time. Uh, kids, I mean, man, uh, you, you just name it. They had a great time too. And uh, probably one of my favorite highlights was, uh, you know, Maddie is really at that point where she is, um, you know, she's wanting to, you know, be at everything. She just has unboundless energy. And so uh, Christmas Day at 4 a.m., uh, she was she was up, uh, waking us up, wanting to know, hey, can we go open presents now? And uh, we're like, kid, it's four o'clock. Come on. You know, Santa's not even up. Come on, what are you talking about, right? Um, but uh, but she was up, and we and and we finally put her back to sleep and got up. But we had a great time, spent with family and everything else, and I hope you did too. Um, so, but let's go ahead and start. Uh, so, Luke chapter fourteen. Uh, again, if you're there, uh, verse twenty-eight. We're gonna go to verse thirty. It says this. It says, uh, "Suppose this is Jesus Christ talking. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it?" For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, the person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Uh, it's that time of year. Again, and just as way as introduction, um, again, we just got to talk about the holidays and, and everything else. Uh, but it's that time of year where uh, a lot of us, most of us, maybe not all, uh, but most of us, um, now that the New Year's coming, we're beginning to think about what in the world am I going to do for that New Year's resolution, right? Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I've seen it, I've seen it in commercials. Uh, commercials are starting, you know, up, you know, change this, do this. And we begin to think about what it is we want to change, how we want to better ourselves, how we want to, uh, what is it that we want to see in 2014 that maybe we didn't see in 2013? What habits? Are we going to break? What new habits are we going to introduce? And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just that time of year. I know it's a tradition at my house. I mean, I always come up with something. I don't know what it is, but I come up with something about what I'm going to change and do or whatever. And, and uh, sometimes I stick to it. It's great. Sometimes I struggle, right? But we're making, it, it's just that season. Now that the calendar is about to turn, we're thinking to ourselves, what am I going to look like in 2014? What is it going to mean to me? And I think that this verse and this, this passage of Scripture is so important for us because I, I, this is more than just a practical sermon. I want this to be more than just a thing of, hey, I've got to go exercise more because that, that's not the message. The, the message is, and as I begin to really write this out and really begin to pray about it and everything else, is I believe that, our resol- that, that the resolutions that we make is actually a form of discipleship if we'll allow it to be. And the reason why I think that is a couple of things is, so 1 John 2, 6, it actually says this. It says, the one who says he abides in him ought to himself walk in the same manner as Christ walk. So we've got our picture of perfection, and we've been charged to look and act and be more and more like Christ. At the same time, Romans 12, 2 clearly tells us that our process of becoming more and more like Christ is just that, a process of a renewing of our mind. And even if you go back a verse in Romans 12, 1, it actually says that our transformation and our sacrifice and our stewardship of our bodies, all of those things is actually a spiritual act of worship. The problem is, is that for some of us, and I can be lumped in this as well, 
We want to take this form of discipleship and only apply it when the new calendar starts. When it's available to us every single day. But having said that, sure, we're making those, those plans. And so my desire today is to look at our New Year's resolutions as a form of discipleship. Because we've all got things that I'm sure we'd like to change. Areas that we can grow, whether it's physically, socially, emotionally, areas of growth spiritually. How many people want to grow spiritually in 2014? Financially, relationally. And so I believe that Christ was talking to us when he talked about this. He said, look, for those of you who are about to make your plans, and yes, he was talking about being a disciple. For those of you who want to make your plans, know this, no one builds a tower without first counting the cost. So today, we're going to talk about counting the cost for your resolutions. A um, couple of disclaimers. Uh, the first one is, is that since, we, since I am taking the angle that this is a form of discipleship, I think it's very important to realize where John 15, 5 says is that Jesus Christ said, no, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I think it's very important to realize that more than just the practical aspects of it, whatever you set your heart to do is going to be very important for you to make sure that you connect with God daily in order to accomplish it. Because only when you do that will you get the perspective, strength, power to actually live it out. Because what you don't want and what I don't want and what I've done is to make that resolution only for six weeks later for it to be gone. The last thing, uh, one more disclaimer before we get started, we'll pray, is that, um, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy writing this message because I had to look at me a lot. And I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, and, uh, and so I get to be the wonderful person uh, that, uh, that, that, that actually brings up uh, probably maybe what some of your New Year's resolutions are. And, I'm, and, and all I can say is please send all negative comments if you get frustrated with me to lancefoster at gmail.com uh, because... You know, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm, I know just, and I, I, I don't have you in mind, but just because it's general, there's a good chance I'll probably step on some toes, and I don't mean to. And so to start off, let me just go ahead and say, because I'm not up here preaching this at you, I'm preaching this at myself, you might as well put me next to Kim, because let me just go ahead and tell you what my thing is. One more year, one more year, I'm looking at the mirror, and it's diet and exercise for me. So I say I preach this out of humility, out of a little bit of embarrassment. Now, there are some things I've done very well on. It's not a total disaster. But one more time, for me, it's the, God, I, I got to get healthy physically. And so what I'd like for us to do, though, is for us to take a hard look at what it's truly going to take to reach those goals. Because how many people want to reach your goals? I do, sure, absolutely. Well, Jesus Christ is speaking through words that were written over 2,000 years ago, and he's saying to us, count the cost. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much um, just for the opportunity. God, I thank you that you would uh, use me, God, just to, uh, to speak truth, speak your truth, God. And even at, at times, um, this message may be a little bit uncomfortable. I just ask, God, that you would... Um, 
pray you seal it in our hearts, Father God, and that we would leave here more determined not to be better people, not to change for the better, but God, to be better disciples. Because everything that we would want to do, God, we do it for your glory. And so I thank you for that in advance. Your name. Amen. All right, getting started. Um, first one is counting the cost means taking your big dream, whatever it is you want to accomplish, and breaking it up into reasonable steps. It's taking your big dream, whatever that thing is you want to do, and breaking it up into reasonable and manageable steps. That's what that's part of counting the cost is. See, we, we have no problem dreaming the dream. We have no problem seeing someone who's financially independent and, and instantly going, I want to be that person. We have no problem seeing the person in the magazine who's a size negative three and going, that's who I want to be. Got it. Done. Right? We'd have no problem seeing it, dreaming the dream and going, yeah, that's me. How are you going to get there? Once we get the fact that, you know what, let's first of all set realistic expectations. But how are you going to get there? We know what the beginning is, and we can see and hope and dream for the end, but what steps, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever, to get there? Because without that, we're not going to accomplish those dreams. Kim and I right now, we're building a house. Woo! And with that, there came a time that we met with a builder. And we said, builder, we want to build this house. This is our dream. This is what we want. You know what he told us? He said, cool, I can do it. I need some plans. I need to go order. I need some architectural plans. So we had to go order them. Then we gave it to him. And then he said, I'll get back, I'll get back with you in a week. Gets back with us with a, within a week. And then it's all of a sudden, okay, it's going to take me about six months to get this done. Here's the steps that I'm going to do to build your dream. And if he would not have done that, or if he would have started talking about stuff out of order, he would not be building my home. He wouldn't do it. Again, I don't know too much about home building, but if he would have sat down with me and said, yeah, I'm gonna build your home, I'm gonna start with the roof. I would have said, I'm gonna start with goodbye. And we see that we pay people to organize dreams into step-by-step realities. We pay people to do it. Then why do we think it's going to be any different for us in our personal life? Why do we think that we can have this dream and not have a plan to go get it done? For those of you wanting to get your finances in order this upcoming year, what's the plan? Have you gotten down to the nitty-gritty to where you've examined your outcome, your outgo, outcome, I don't know, outgo, outflow, I don't know, and income, and determined that, you know what, I've got to have this amount of income, I've got to have, that, I've got to have this amount of outgo, and then I've got this excess that I'm going to use to put on my debt. And for some of us, doing this step, it actually may, ha- it actually may make us go, you know what, I, I need to get more income. Or it, may need, or it may be, you know, I've got to reduce my outgo. But either way, you've got a plan. For those of you wanting to grow in your spiritual walk this year, what's the plan? What days are you going to set aside? Are you going to pray in the morning? Are you going to pray at night? 
Are you going to read your Bible at night or in the morning? Are you going to listen to sermons? Are you going to do that in the car? Are you going to pray as a family? Are you going to pray as an individual? Are you going to pray while you walk? Are you going to pray while you sit down? Are you going to actually have time where you turn off the TV and actually do those disciplines? And if you don't have the answers to those questions, unfortunately, it's going to be very hard for you to finish your goal. For those of us, even in, again, my case, wanting to lose weight, what's the plan? How are you going to exercise? What days are you going to do it? What foods are you going to cut? And how are your friends and family going to help you? See, the times that I do best when it comes to diet and exercise, and I'm just telling on myself, because I finally found the exercise that I enjoy, which is running. The times that I do best is when I realize, you know what, I'm going to run every other day. I'm not going to try to do it every day. I'm going to run every other day. I've got a plan to where I can progressively get better. And oh, by the way, the, the night before I run the next morning, I get out all my stuff. I get out my shoes. I get out my socks. I get out all my you know, uh, uh, shirt, you know, shorts, everything else. I make sure that I got my, uh, that I my iPhone charged because I listen to um, uh, Mark Driscoll sermons while I run, right? I got all that stuff and I make sure that the alarm's set because I know me. And if I don't have one, if there's one thing in that process that's not in place. As soon as that alarm goes off, ah, I get it later. I even have to make sure that the alarm is at a place to where I can get it when it goes off. Because if it doesn't, I will play the whole game in my mind. I'll go, I can't find it. Oh, well, it'll go off sometime. We're good. I'm telling on myself. There's got to be a plan. You've got to have resources. It's going to take resources for you to accomplish whatever it is. Time? Have you counted into that? Have you counted into maybe that some of those resources may, may be money? What about the support of friends and family? Do you have someone, whether it's a spouse, best friend, mentor, whoever, who you've submitted your plans to and say, this is what I'm going to do. Help hold me accountable. Because Proverbs 15, uh, 15, 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel. What's the plan? How are you going to accomplish it? One more proverb, it says, 21.5, it says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Good planning. Whatever it is, that dream that you want, go get it. Go get it. But plan. Counting the cost means growing inwardly first, then growing outwardly. Counting the cost means growing inwardly first, then growing outwardly. We love, love, to see the outward results. But the truth is, for every change you're gonna make in your life, there's gonna be roots inside of your heart that you're gonna have to really address first. It's kinda like this, and I had somebody tell me this, uh, you'll go to a, a pecan orchard or you'll go to a, a tree farm or whatever, and you'll see these massive trees. And, and I remember asking somebody about it one time and he said, well, as big as they are, as high as they are, that's how far their roots stretch down deep. Are you willing to allow the roots to grow down deep and to deal with the deep things before you just focus on outward stuff? For those of you, and great example, for those of you who maybe say, you know what, this is going to be the year I'm giving up caffeine, coffee, whatever, right? Caffeine and coffee ain't the thing. 
I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I've talked to coffee drinkers. And they'll tell you that it's not really the stimulation you get from having caffeine. It's the fact that something deep in your heart, you, you just enjoy having it. It's like a, it's like a best friend. And, and, and for people who quit it, the caffeine headaches, that's not the hardest part. It's the fact that I don't have my friend around. Let's even take it a step further as well. And again, I, I've never smoked in my life, and this isn't a sermon about smoking. I'm not saying that. But for those of you who are maybe even making the New Year's resolution, I'm going to give up smoking. Okay, I've never smoked, but I've talked to people who smoke, and they'll tell me it's, it's not the smoking. It's all the, all the underlying stuff. It's a comfort for me. It's a way I can relax when I'm having a stressful day. That's, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's a social thing because when I smoke, other people that are smoking around and we just chit-chat and talk and everything else. And you have to realize that if you give that up, there's all these underlying roots that you're going to be getting and dealing with as well. What about, uh, what about people who, especially for financial, I'm going to get finan- finances in order and everything else, and your credit card is still on fire after the holiday season. Like if I were to take it out right now, I couldn't touch it because it's hot. You know who you are, right? Getting your finances in order, that's just the surface thing. That's just what we see. Underneath, there's all these little roots. And admit it. Swiping that credit card and buying that thing on impulse gives you a thrill, a rush, makes you feel important, makes you feel like, you know what, I work every day, I get to do what I want to do by swiping a card. That's the underlying things. And you're going to have to deal with those underlying things before you, in order to truly make the change. Again, I'll tell on me, there is something about having a big plate full of cheeseburgers, of whatever I have for Christmas that puts me in a food coma. There's something about having that that brings just comfort. That's why it's called comfort food, I guess. Because when I look at it, I go, mm, I'm comforted. Let's eat. And again, I'm, this, isn't, this isn't a message about food. This isn't a message about a credit card or what. No, 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 no. But you know the things that have deep roots in your heart. You know what they are. See, swiping a credit card ain't my thing. I can swipe a credit card, it don't matter to me. Because that's not, it doesn't have roots in my heart, but food does. I think that's why Jesus Christ talked about, when he talked about in Matthew 13, about the parable of the sower. Remember, there was four different types of soil, and, and one of the soils, Jesus Christ said that, um, that the sower would throw out seed, and it landed on soil that had underlying rock in it. And how the, how the plant shot up quickly, but died because it wasn't able to get its roots down. Well, a lot of us are like that as well because we have underlying rock. We've got these things we, we want to have, we want to shoot up quickly. We want to have results. And there's all these other things that Christ is wanting to deal with. And, and I'll just tell you, the times in my life that I've been able to really make the changes when I've gone to God and said, God, bust up the underlying rock that's really causing this habit in me. Now that hurts more than just dealing with the thing. That hurts. But it makes true change. And here's a word of advice as well. If you really want to see the change, start applying the word of God to whatever it is you're trying to change. See, it's amazing because Hebrews 4.12 says this. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, 
sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word has an amazing ability to come up and bust up underlying motives, rocks, everything else to help you make the change. The times that I've really been successful, and Kim will laugh at this, have been the times that I've, whatever the situation is, right, whether it's food, you name it, it doesn't matter. And, I, and I'll look up as many scriptures as I can find on that, on that subject. And I'll put each one on a three by five index card. And all day I'll walk around with those three by five index cards because there's something about, again, in my situation when I'm hungry and I want the big plate of comfort food, but yet I pull up God's word where Jesus Christ said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word of God, that gives me faith to endure. Some of you, whatever it is, you need to apply God's word because the issue for me isn't the food. The underlying rock is, who do I have faith in? Is my faith in that cheeseburger or is my faith in the word of God? What am I going to live by? What am I going to sustain myself with? I encourage you to do the same thing. Counting the cost means accepting the fact that you may not see immediate results right away. Counting the cost means, means accepting the fact that you won't, may not see immediate results right away. I love it. It's, it's, it's so funny because I'll see these commercials, and you're about to really be bombarded with them now that, the, uh, now that New Year's is coming up. You're about to see these commercials, and, 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 and typically it's for weight loss, but you can see anything else. And the thing that they hook you with, you might as well be a fish in an ocean because they hook you with this, is whatever product that this is, we guarantee results fast. I literally saw a commercial on, on our uh, holiday break. I saw a commercial, right? And it was a woman, uh, and she was, again, probably a size negative one, right? Wearing the little skinny black dress and all that stuff. So she was the ideal. I'm not saying, that, I'm not saying that's ideal, but that's what they're trying to portray, right? And her whole thing was, I don't know if it was Nutrisystem, diet system, who knows? I don't know. But, it, but the whole hook was, join now and lose five pounds in your first week. And look like me, Right? Seriously. And so I'm watching this and, and it kept on coming up. Like that was, it was a big banner logo. Lose five pounds in the first week, guaranteed or your money back. They're hooking us. I mean, literally I'll see, you know, I mean, and we'll go to the guys, right? You know, whatever, P90X or, or whatever. I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden, you know, you'll see this guy and it's like, you know, last week I was like this, but this week I'm like this, dun, dun, dun. Right? You know, I mean, it's that. I mean, it's, it's instant results and no, it's a lie. It is. It's a lie. You may experience at least maybe a little bit quick results, but really and truly, there may be some things, whatever you set your heart out to, you may not go from beginning to end in two weeks and you're going to have to be okay with that. You're going to have to be okay with the fact that you take small steps. Now, the goal hasn't changed, but you may not look, I may not look like I could, you know, be in a bodybuilding magazine after two weeks. But yet, that's what we want, isn't it? 
We want the instant results. We want the quick results. I never forget, when I was a young Christian, I was, I turned my life over to Christ at 16. I might have, I might have really been 16, to be honest with you. I never forget coming to a church service. I was just hungry for the Lord and everything else. And some guy, preacher, I don't even know who it was, got up and he started talking about the fact of, yeah, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I wake up every single morning. I start my morning off with an hour of prayer. And in my youthful zeal, I was like, done, got it. That's what I'm doing, right? I'm gonna be that guy because I'm so spiritually strong. So again, I'm a teenager, set my alarm. I woke up, give myself credit for that. I woke up and I remember, okay, time to pray for an hour. Five minutes in, I'm good. Dear God, let's pray talk to God. The next thing I remember is my mom knocking on the door and saying, Drew, it's time to get up. I'd fallen asleep for the next 55 minutes of that carved out hour. I was snoozing. I mean, drool. Like I, mom, my mom woke me up. I was like, what? I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry. I wanted, the goal was to have a better prayer life. I didn't have the endurance to go an hour just yet. I'd go five minutes. And if I was smart, and if I would have planned better, what I would have done is, okay, let's go five minutes, now let's go 10, 15, 20. And slowly would have taken those steps as I tried to just be in some spiritual giant. Now, of course, later on in my life, I mean, I can go an hour of prayer, no big deal. But whatever it is for you, you have to understand the fact that you gotta have the attitude of taking it slow, working taking one step at a time. And, and almost, you, you kind of have to have the attitude of the tortoise, as in the tortoise and the hare. Because if you remember the story, they're going to race. The hare, he just takes off. Gone. What's the tortoise do? He's got the goal. The goal ain't changed. He's taking a step. He just keeps walking. Keeps walking. He keeps walking. Doesn't worry about the results. You know, he knows that his goals ain't changed, but just keeps walking. There eventually came a time where as he walked, he turned around and said, wait a minute, I just crossed the finish line. We need to have that attitude. You may not get to the finish line quickly, but if you keep walking, whatever that goal is, but keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. The beautiful thing about God and what I've found is that he gives us time where he, at times where we're able to turn around and say, Look how far I've come. And you celebrate that. But then you turn right back around and you keep walking. And you keep walking. Somebody needs to hear that. The fact that if you're going to accomplish the things that you've set out in your heart to change, you've got to keep walking. It's phenomenal that you made the commitment to go back to school. But you're not going to complete your degree in one semester. Yeah, keep walking. It's phenomenal that you uh, made the commitment to spend more time with your family this year. But maybe the first time that you call a family game night, and maybe every, everybody's not enthused about it because they're just not used to you being that way, keep walking. It's great that you made the commitment to paint on your debt, but you're not going to accomplish that all in one chunk. Keep walking. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he uses a word that he wants them to um, copy. It's called being steadfast. He tells them, he goes, be steadfast. 
And if you look up, I actually looked up the word steadfast and what it means in the Greek dictionary or whatever, kind of a word study on it. And, and really the best translation of it means patient endurance. That's our charge today, be patient. Patiently endure. Counting the cost means realizing that completion is painful. Counting the cost means realizing that completion is painful. Going back to the workout videos or workout commercials, can I tell you something else that bothers me? Bothers me. These guys are doing push-ups or they're doing like, you know, the, the, um, the pull-ups on the, on the door frame or whatever. I mean, they're doing all this stuff that, you know, Rocky Balboa would have been proud of, but they're smiling while they do it. I mean, like, they're just, uh, it's, it's the new workout equipment. Just, right? You know, they're doing push, push-ups with people sitting on their back doing push-ups. Look at me. You could be like me. And they're smiling. There ain't been one time I've worked out that I smiled. Haven't done it. I try. You know, I'll, I'll mentally, I'm running, I'll mentally, you know, I need to smile. Nah, don't last. But again, that, that, that's another lie because really what they're trying to tell you subliminally is that, hey, get to your goal. It's easy. Look, you can smile. No. Anybody that will tell you who really has reached their goals is that it, it requires painful sacrifice. It does. There's going to come a time six weeks from now that whatever commitment you say you're going to do right now, six weeks from now, you're going to wake up and you are not going to feel like doing it. It is going to be painful and it's going to hurt to do it. And you got to be okay with that. If you're going to, the ones who really complete it are the ones who are okay. This hurts. This is painful to do. But I'm going to see it through to the end. Because it wouldn't be a sacrifice if we didn't enjoy it, right? Those cheeseburgers, love those cheeseburgers. They're my friend. They're tasty. They smile at me. They're that good. But you know what? I know that as I start getting my body more healthy, and again, I'm not saying eating a cheeseburger is bad. Don't say that. I'm not saying that at all, but what I'm saying is that there's going to come a time where my commitment is going to be tested because at some point my body is going to ask me, we're going to, me and my body, we're going to have a conversation. My body's going to say, Drew, um, what are you doing? And I'm going to say, well, I'm getting myself more healthy. And my body's going to say, I don't like that. And then it's going to go into a little corner and have a temper tantrum. It is. Have y'all been there? I've been there. It is. And I think that's why it's important. Galatians, five, in, in uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, the apostle Paul talks about how our flesh, our desires, our carnal nature wars against what the Spirit of God is trying to change and transform in us. It's true. You need to understand that there's going to be times that you're going to wake up and every single part of your body is going to say, don't do it. Don't make the change. Don't give it. Don't pay extra on the bill. Don't be nice. And you're going to have to make up in your mind to do it. That's the beautiful thing about Christ. See, for whatever reason, we have been led to believe at times that Christ-like change involves feelings. And it, and it does after the fact. 
making the initial change involves faith. Involves making a choice. Because when Christ set us free, he set us free to make the choice. There's going to be times that, again, everything's going to rail against you. And the only thing you can do is say, you know what? I make the choice. The difference between people who succeed in their dreams and people who quit is this. People who accomplish their goals make the decision first and then enjoy the feelings of accomplishment later. People who quit wait for the feelings to come before making the decision. Funny story, I read an article where um, I follow sports pretty much if if it has a ball, I'm watching it and uh, I'm following it and um, read an article recently on Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, he's hurt this year, but he's a credible player for the Los Angeles Lakers and um, it was talking about his work ethic and um, in the article, it was talking about, he was giving an interview or whatever, and, and a couple of years ago, a rookie from Portland, I don't, know the, I don't know the guy's name, and that's probably why you'll find out in a second, I don't know his name. Rookie from Portland goes up to this legend, this Hall of Famer, and says, hey, Kobe, is there any way I can work out with you? I want to work out with you, I want to learn from you, legendary training, everything else. So Kobe says, sure. He goes, okay, cool. He goes, I, uh, apparently it's the off season, and Kobe says, okay, uh, meet me at three o'clock at the gym. Cool, right? So uh, the rookie, he wakes up, goes about his day, three o'clock in the afternoon, he goes to the gym, uh, meets him or whatever, and, and, uh, and Kobe's not there. And he waits around and 3.15 comes, Kobe ain't there. 3.30, Kobe ain't there. 3.45, Kobe Bryant, who gave his word, is not there. And, and finally the rookie just kind of got frustrated and he kind of just did a sort of a workout and, and then uh, the next day saw Kobe Bryant and, and pretty much went up to him to post him up and said, look, you gave me your word, why weren't you there at three o'clock? Like you said you were going to be Kobe, and Kobe said, oh, I was there. I was there at 3 a.m. in the morning. Where were you? And the rookies kind of fell back and said, I can't do that. Because, see, while all of us were sleeping, Kobe Bryant was in there working on his game. thousand jump shots a day. Endurance training, strength training, all those things. Now, if you were to ask Kobe Bryant, if I were to pull him up on stage and say, Kobe, do you feel like waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning to work out? Nope. But let me tell you where he is going to feel it. A couple years from now, whenever the Basketball Hall of Fame inducts us new members and Kobe Kobe Bryant gets inducted, he'll feel it then. For those who are going to graduate, you work hard now. You'll feel the feelings when you walk across the stage. For those who are working on financial stuff, you'll feel the feeling when you, when you send that, that last check, that last payment, you feel it then. But make the decision first. In closing, um, if I could have the uh, band come up or whatever. Last one. Counting the cost means realizing that finishing has an impact on others. Kind of the cost means realizing that finishing has an impact on others. If you go back to the original story, to the original, to the original text that I did, it even says, says, for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, the person began to build and wasn't able to finish. If that statement is true, then the inverse is also true. 
If people can make fun of you for not finishing because you didn't count the cost, that means you can also inspire them because you finished. Who is it in your life that is looking to you to finish? Who is it that when you finish whatever that is, they're going to enjoy and see that example and run with it? You never know. You never know how the commitments that you keep will inspire others. You know who it is. You know who's in your life looking at you. Can I tell you my story? Again, I've been, I think it's fair to say I've been dogging on me with the cheeseburger stuff for a while. Can I tell you one that I've done good at? May 9th, 2014. I'm gonna head up to the University of Georgia. And I'm gonna walk across the stage. And I'm gonna receive a diploma for my master's in early childhood education. And can I tell you when quitting looked good? See, the reason why I started that is because at the time I was teaching second grade and first year teachers don't get paid much. And so in Drew's mind, if I'm gonna get paid, let me go get a master's degree. So I started going. In the middle of all that, I had the opportunity to come here. And I had people ask me, well, Drew, you working with teenagers, that has nothing to do with what you're getting your degree in. Yeah, you're right. I'm taking classes to teach children how to read, (laughs) their phonics, blends. And there are times in my head that I'll go, I'll never use this. But can I tell you why I stuck with it? It's because I'm able to look my two little kids, my Madison and my Davis, and I'm able to look at them and say, Daddy didn't quit. You don't quit. Anytime I hear them come up to me and say, Daddy, I want to quit, I'm going to walk them right in that office or that room or whatever, that diploma is hanging and say, Daddy didn't quit. You're not quitting. And it's amazing how God kind of worked this out because as I deal with teenagers all the time, you know, that's, that's what I do. I love teenagers and not all, but the majority of teenagers hate school. I hear it. I hear it. Man, my life's so busy. I just hate school. I don't want to go back. You know, I just wish I quit and all that stuff. I'm like, cool. I said, but I'm not quitting. And unlike you, I'm raising two kids and a family and try to provide and everything else. So no excuse finish. Uh-oh. Who are you going to inspire by finishing? Who are you going to inspire by walking across that aisle, uh, walk across the uh, stage, receiving that diploma? Who are you going to inspire by losing that weight and then you've got energy to spend time with those people? Who are you going to inspire by quitting that habit. Because then you're able to look with integrity and tell them, I finished, I know you can too.
whatever it is, my goal today is that you would view a new, something as simple as a New Year's resolution as a discipleship opportunity. Because it is. As we close, all I'm going to ask, because I don't want this to be a thing you make the decision now, I want you to go and leave here and talk to your friends, your spouse. I want this to be a thing you have a conversation with over lunch. You know what it is. So let me pray for us. And then we'll dismiss. Father God, I'm sorry. There's been areas I've done good, but I'm sorry for the commitments that I've made for my health and my body. I have it committed. I've I, I've kept it in spurts, God, but you're asking for long term. Father God, whatever it is, I pray, God, that people would leave here today and would be inspired to finish, to complete, to continue, and to move on. Father God, everything you start, you finish. And I believe you ask the same thing of us as well. So God, as we leave today, seal this message in our hearts, Father God, that we could see you and that we realize that our bodies are not our own. Our lives are not our own. They're yours. And let us do it all to shout your glory and your fame. Thank you, Father God, for today. Speak to us about what you desire for us in 2014, God. Thank you. In your name, amen. All right, that's it. Have a wonderful day. See ya.